Hellhounds, guns with laser beams on them, and Michael Rooker at his all-time sweatiest. We're talking about Bram Stoker's Shadow Builder, and it was horrifying. Welcome to So Horrified, the show where we talk about scary movies that are horrifying for all the wrong reasons. We're your hosts, Sadie and Matt. And this week we're talking about Shadow Builder. Bram Stoker's. Bram Stoker's Shadow Builder. I say Bram. I don't know. Hey, Bramham. I mean, I don't know. I've always heard Bram Stoker, so that's no, what I say. I say Bram. Cause I know I'm, you do. I've noticed that I'm you an do. American, not some fancy European with your weird pronunciations. Anyway, so before we get into the movie, let's do our usual and start off with something good. Something good. You go um, first. So mine is, again, nothing new particularly, but they just added Just Shoot Me to Oh, I Hulu. swear to God, you stole mine. <laughs> was that going to be yours? I was going to say Because, yeah, that. we've been watching it together. So, yeah, that was mine, is that I'm, I missed that show. I hadn't thought about it in forever, but it yeah. popped up on Hulu, and I was like, oh, hey, let's watch this. There's seven seasons of it. Yeah. It was fun going back and very nostalgic. Oh, my God, it made me feel so old, though. Yeah. Whenever they showed the computers and stuff that they would be using. that are like, yeah, as thick as an encyclopedia. Yeah. And I used to have one like that. And it's crazy. So what was your something good? Well, my something good, I'm going to say something that I want to see. (laughs) Okay. The new season of Dead to Me came out. The Netflix show with... um, with Christina Applegate and, oh my gosh, I can't think of and her Linda name. Linda Cardellini. Yeah, Linda Cardellini. Um, and I loved season one. It was so good. So I'm really excited to watch the second season. I've just been too tired by the time I could put it on after Harper goes to bed. So I haven't watched it yet. But yeah. that's what I'm hoping to get I still to haven't watched the first season of that. But you so had good. a ton of good things to say about mm-hmm. it. So I want to go back and watch it. Which usually means you won't watch it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I do have quite a back catalog of things that I'm like, right. I should get around to watching that. And I just don't ever. Yeah. Well, it's really good. All right. So, uh, on to today's movie. Yes. Shadow Builder by Bram Brom Stoker. Bram Brom. Bram Brom. I like that Brom better. Bram Brom. Brom. <laughs> I like Bram Brom, too. That's his new name. So, it is the story of a demon that is summoned to take the soul of a young boy. And uh, he has the potential to become a saint. The young boy does. Yeah, I was going to say, not the demon. Not the, the young demon. boy. He has no potential. And by doing this, he will open up a doorway to hell and destroy the world. And a priest, played by Michael Rooker, has to stop him with the help of the little boy's family. And yeah. that's basically it. <laughs> so, yeah, let's yeah. get started. It's weird that this movie is like, it is that, like, in that it's a simple concept in one way, but very complicated and many others. They pull a lot of threads. There is so much that I still don't understand what was happening and what was going on. And there were some things that I didn't understand until I was reading a breakdown earlier today. And it was explaining like the very opening, what was going on, because it just all moved very... It it was paced quickly. Yeah. Um, And um, I will say, uh, the very first thing that I wrote down in my notes was that whatever rating I give this is just going to be buoyed by my love for Michael Rooker, because I think he's awesome. Yeah. But... I kind of fucking love this movie. It was oh, really? Good. I liked it. Oh, is that why you were so excited? Of like, I can't wait to hear what you have to say yeah, about this I was movie. Excited to see if you liked it. I'm, it doesn't sound That's like you did particularly. But yeah, it it just it reminded me of a lot of movies that I liked when I was growing up, and so it kind of hit a nostalgia button for me that that worked on a weird level. Interesting, especially because I went into it expecting nothing. Yeah. I feel like if I had high hopes for it, I probably would have been disappointed, but I went in expecting nothing and got, like, a pretty decent little movie. Okay. (laughs) I feel a little differently about it. Well, 
we will have a physical fight to determine <laughs> who's correct, and it, it won't be great to listen to for the, <laughs> the podcast, but it'll be definite and determine who's right. Well, so I guess one of my main things with this is, well, I can't really even say a main thing. I feel like there were parts that I did like yeah. and thought were decent. I liked, oddly enough, Tony Todd's character. Yeah, his like, weird, like, his homeless like, man. He was funny and out there, but kind I really of, liked kind him. Kind of Rasta, but every yeah. once in a while, the accent was just like, I'm not doing that anymore. I liked him. And I really liked the Aunt Jenny. Yeah. I thought she was a pretty badass. Ch- and one of my favorite parts was, so Michael Rooker comes to the town, and he goes in, and he's trying to explain all the stuff about what this demon is. And after him just, like, explaining all the stuff of, like, who he is and and who this demon is, and he's like, you know, your boy's in danger. She goes, she just stops talking to him, starts to walk away and grab her stuff. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, She's like, um, you said my boy's in danger. You should have started with that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> like, you know, I did have, I, at that point, I thought it was funny that she... She immediately was like, oh, you said he's in danger. Let's get out of here. Let's go get him. But then for the leading up to that and for the rest of the movie, does not believe anything he has to say. Well, She's I don't, very skeptical I of don't all of feel like shit. she believed the stuff he was saying as far as the demons and things like that. Yeah. But she believed as, you know, even though she was his aunt, she was also like his adoptive mother yeah, she's his guardian for sure and so and so she thinks of him you know as her child and and she's like that's all it is like i don't have to believe all the religious stuff <laughs> all the malarkey all of this dense notebook of things you're trying to explain to me i just have to know my child's in danger and i'm gonna do whatever i can to stop him being in danger yeah. and to save him yeah no she was a cool mom um, I liked her. I I liked most of the characters. The the sheriff stepdad uncle guy. Mm-hmm. Nah, I could take. A yeah, leave. like he needed to be there, I guess. But right. But yeah, the kid actor was not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's apparently been in some other things too. Mm-hmm. He was uh he was Felicity Huffman's son in Transamerica. <laughs> That's, yes. I was like, oh, I remember that kid. But yeah, over, like I don't know. I I don't feel like I should have liked it. But I did. It was good. That's funny. Well, like from so right from the beginning, two minutes into the movie, you got full frontal nudity. (laughs) Oh, that's what got you into it. Well, I was just like, oh shit, this is gonna be like intense. And then uh, one minute later, full frontal male nudity, and I was like, oh, I better buckle up. This one's gonna be wild. If that's where they go two and three minutes into the movie, like, you know, it's going to be crazy. See, I was not distracted by the nudity. I wasn't distracted. I let it inform my viewing. Yeah, I looked very much past the nudity and was just like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Because at first it felt very vampire-ish that they had, like... People hanging with blood dripping from them and like yeah, into buckets like a, and just all it's this like weird a blade stuff. movie, except they did Michael Roker instead of Wesley Snipes. Well, and then it has these priests all together, and the, but they did not explain very well to me what was going on. Yeah, I how thought they're summoning this demon or whatever. I thought I didn't think they were summoning a demon. I thought they were trying to protect this child and that they were trying and then this demon comes and kills oh, them. Well they're standing around because they were possessed. Pentagram. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was some kind of I'm not time. Catholic. <laughs> I don't not- know how like protection rights and things go. I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> but then I read that they were summoning the demon and then it turns on them. I thought that maybe they were well and then when I realized they were doing something with the demon, I was like, well maybe they were possessed because the yeah. way they like said to the you know we're talking to michael rooker i was like oh, okay so they were possessed before and now they're okay nah, they're but no it was they they absolutely chose to do that yes that they were bad well and the thing that confused me about the beginning is i don't get who the like drunk guy that shows up and gives them the picture of the kid and everything i think that was the guy they later talk about of lambert because yeah, I was I trying to figure out who he was or why he was. He there. was the boy's father. Okay. Okay. Remember, he was. Yeah, oh, the he was the dad that they said it showed up and took a picture. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So now, he was like in this, this group. This movie just got so much better. He was like in this group of, I guess, like evil 
demon summoning priests or whatever. And he was also the boy's father. So I guess he was like, yeah, my boy here is. Gotcha. Ready to be summoned for. Yeah, I don't know how he knew that his son was this. I don't pure, either. Like perfect being or whatever they said the kid was. I don't either. And I'm sorry. Just because you you really like this movie so much. Um, can you explain to me what you liked about the demon that looked like a Power Rangers villain? Uh, his his super <laughs> awesome voice that sounded oh kind of like mine. Father Vassy, what are you doing? He like, made me think he, he of... He sounded a lot like me, and I, I saw does myself Does he sound in like a, you? Yes. You saw yourself in a demon, first of all. It <laughs> had, should be a big red flag for me. And he had a path to achieving them. That's something... Second of all, I don't admired. feel he sounded anything like you. I feel like he sounded more like Sideshow Bob from he The Simpsons. He did have a Kelsey Grammer-esque yeah, bit to his voice. And he looked um, like a Power Rangers villain. Yes. Like, I think they were... I think they were trying out some kind of untested digital effects on his face to try to make it look shadowy and like oily but uh he didn't look great but this is gonna end up being a really awkward episode because i feel you (laughs) wanting to to defend defend this movie so much and no i mean there there's definite flaws in it it's not like a perfect movie but i was i had fun watching it but yeah, no, he uh, he doesn't look great. There's some of the effects in this are not super good. Most of the effects in this are not super good. Well, but it's also you know it's a straight to video Canadian movie from the late '90s, so it's basically a movie which, from the early. 80s. By the way, when I figured out that it was from the late 90s. Oh, that blew your mind. It did blow my mind because I definitely thought I was like, I kept telling myself, okay, well, it's it's got this crappy quality because it's like late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> How old like, do you think Michael Rooker is? I don't know. <laughs> he's at least 86. Right? He's got really, like, he looked fairly young there and he's got blue makeup on for um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is definitely the most recent thing I've seen him in. So yeah. it's like that could disguise his age. So it's like, I don't know how old the man is, but I definitely thought it was older because the quality of everything about it, the sound quality, but basically... There were allowances I was willing to give it when I thought it was late 70s, early 80s that I'm not allowed to give the same allowances to being 1998. I mean, that boy's haircut alone should have told you that this was a 90s movie. I don't know. He had like the full Sean Hunter Boy Meets World haircut. Okay, that's fair. But little boys have had like bowl cut style. Like it wasn't quite a bowl cut, but like a similar, you know, I don't know. The quality of the film is what made me feel. (laughs) I actually wrote in my notes, seeing that kid's haircut, that it was, number one, 90s as fuck. (laughs) Two, I wanted that haircut so bad when I was, you know, probably 10, 12 years old and never got it. I just got the actual bowl cut, like the all the way around. I've seen a picture of that. (laughs) It's hilarious. Oh, oh, it was bowly as fuck. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really wanted that one and never, my parents would never get it for me. Okay, so moving on though, um, I'd like to discuss how the first line we actually hear the um, demon say was when when that one cop was Larry. I just remember because my dad, um, that Larry was going to go into the graveyard to investigate and the the demon smoke monster, he looks like the smoke monster from Lost, Yeah, um, comes in and the first thing we hear him say is, hmm, was there mention of financial compensation? Mm-hmm. He's repeating <laughs> things that he had, from the people he had absorbed. But, come on! Yeah, it's not a very fun, scary <laughs> thing to say to somebody in a graveyard. When he said that i was just laughing i wrote down uh what (laughs) (laughs) why would that be the first line i'm gonna scare the shit out of this guy demon Mm, says did you mention financial (laughs) compensation sounds like he's he he has kind of a like a foppish weird prostitute hiding in the graveyard Why don't you come to the mausoleum and see me sometime? Right, that's very much the feel I got from it. I could not believe that that's the first thing we hear when he's like, 
kind of somewhat coming into being, trying to take some kind <laughs> that, of weird form. That officer, Larry, who is killed like, like in, instantly. The, in the graveyard. Yeah. Right? I notice when he gets out of his car, he's got the, the spotlight for the police car pointed in the graveyard. And then he gets out and it's pointed just down at the hood of the car, not shining on anything. And he goes into this spooky graveyard where he heard a noise with no light. But he has a light. I mean, he did not seem like a very good cop. I think we're supposed <laughs> to was, believe he's a rookie. I called him rookie. Officer Doofus because I couldn't remember his name. Larry! Well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's not my dad's name. So. <laughs> Technically, your father-in-law, man. But they also had the weird line when he's on the phone, like when he's on the radio with Bass. I um, liked her, too. I liked her. She sassy was sassy. I did yeah. like her. But she's like, it's 5 a.m. We're the only two people awake in the world. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're not. What? Like, maybe if she said, like, 3 a.m. or even 4 a.m., it would still be wrong. But I could understand that well, more has a feel of, like, we're the only ones awake. Of all people, but police five, would know for sure right? that you're not the only people awake at that time of right? night. Because a lot of crime happens. I'd had the same thought surely i think they were trying to give you the impression that this is a small sleepy town yeah but instead it gave me they the should have said we're the only people in anything. town awake right and that would have made sense and people would have been that would have made more sense it really yeah, bothered the whole me world you know that city and it's right you know five o'clock in the afternoon on the other side of the right world, exactly so like no you're definitely, you're not definitely the only wrong. people awake well and i'll say i mean i did think that the movie had a couple of lines that I really liked. Like Such as? when the boyfriend cop was leaving and after giving that whole thing about being more discreet and the little boy was like, uh, did you remember your cuffs this time? And I don't know. That made me laugh. Maybe because <laughs> you were done fucking my aunt. Right. Like I was sexual like, devices. that was, I mean, I get that he's a cop, but still, why else would his no, cuffs have been taken away? The kid clearly doesn't know what they're for. He just knows that he's oh. seen them laying around after he right. left. Or do you um, think the kid does know what they've been using? I for? don't know. <laughs> Even up there plowing my caregiver. But I, I also I think liked, if he did know what they were for, he wouldn't like that cop as much. I also liked the line that the little girl, like the girl who he's friends with, said she she called him or someone deputy dickless. <laughs> I don't know why I really like that. That made me laugh out loud. I can't wait until I get an argument with a cop again, and I'm going to pull that one out. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Listen here, Deputy Dickless. I was not speeding. <laughs> yeah. Right out of that ticket. Right. He'll respect me That's so much exactly for the solid how that burn. Just let me get away with whatever I was doing. Right. And I'm trying to think if I wrote down any other. Oh, yeah, there was one where it was where Tony Todd, when the hellhounds were coming and the lights had gone out and then the kid got the lights plugged in right as the hellhound was like jumping towards Tony Todd. I'm going to giggle just thinking about it. He says, dog gone. And then he starts laughing to himself. Uh, Yeah, I liked that one. I was like, oh, that's perfection. I see what you did there because the dog's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I enjoyed that one. It did make me slightly upset um, the amount of, like, priests messing with children jokes that they made. And I was like, man, this movie was a long time ago, and people have just known about that for Mm -hmm. so long. And they're just now kind of starting to do something about it. Kind of, sort of. A little bit. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's upsetting how long that's just been an open secret and joked about and yeah mm-hmm. i was like oh that's not funny anymore right yeah no <laughs> i mean i don't know that it was ever funny but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they played it for laughs and this is what i'm saying yeah i think it was more like people laughing at their trauma <laughs> um i'm trying to think of good things to say oh you don't rip into it i'll <laughs> I will be the defense attorney for this movie, and I will, you know, it will be a a, a big plank in our divorce case. But I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Your Honor, she didn't like it. Well, and I'm still not. And I will say I didn't love this movie, but it was. I liked it. I'll. I'm proud to say I liked it. Like okay, I'll say I still have so many, so many questions though. Like how did Covey? Like, Tony Todd knows so much about the demon. 
Like, he well, how did he to know, know to have all the lights in town? And he seemed everything? to know that he needed to have all the lights in town. He seemed to know that the demon ghost thing, when it was like the smoke monster thing, was in that drain pipe because remember he like went over it's, after oh, the kids it has were in to hunt where there's no lights and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he like goes to like light a match and throw it in or whatever it was he did, and the demon's like, oh no! And I think they're trying to portray it as you know how there's always those crazy homeless people screaming about like demons on the street corners and things like that i guess he's every once in a while one of them's right and he was right about I mean, all yeah it's crazy delusions that people thought were crazy he was seeing this demon yeah but real. like he had just started stealing all the lights it seemed like yeah and he had just put, like it's not like he always lived like that like he seemed to know something was coming but they never explained that yeah they don't they don't tell you how he knows anything he right. just does Right. He's Tony Todd. He knows everything. <laughs> Apparently. Goddamn kid. <laughs> he's been hiding in a weird mirror dimension this whole time. And he right. sees everything. All right. Well, and then, so the be- demon being in town, as it, like, consumed people's souls, whatever, however it did that, that turned them into, like, little, what looked like ash monsters, but I guess are supposed to be, like, cobbled together shadows. Because he's yeah, building it, shadows. It looks like when you see footage of where a volcano hit a city or right, something. Right, yeah. And, yeah, that like burn the bodies, yeah. Right. And then they, as soon as any kind of light hits them, whether man-made or not, they just went poof. Yeah, that, that's a pretty like powerful weakness for an all-consuming demon entity to have is just light. And I get, they said that he was getting stronger against man-made light, so you couldn't mm-hmm. just shine a flashlight at him and stuff, but all that stuff still seemed to at least hurt him. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why people didn't just constantly have lights on, light sources everywhere. Go right. to the store during the daytime when he can't get you. Buy I mean, I guess you'd have to you know find. about it well enough in advance. They yeah, found out about it the takes day place before. Over a couple days, doesn't it? Or at least it- I feel like it's the day before when Michael he gets Rooker there. Michael Rooker knows about it for sure. <laughs> he had time well, yeah, to buy flashlights. He did. But he then- had time to buy laser beams for his guns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, and then with the demon being in town, as it got stronger, it's like hold over the citizens got stronger, right? And so the citizens start like the people, like all the men start like fighting with each other. There's that old man who goes and like kills his wife with the axe. The kids ripping the heads and the body parts off of the dolls in the park. Did you notice that? Oh, yes. That creeped me the hell out. I was and like, then, why are these kids doing that? And then I I realized it later. But Well, then they didn't show a ton of the, like, as many women being as affected as they did the men. But yeah. the one I remember was that apparently... The the, stripping on the... On the cross. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So demons make men fight and be violent. They make... M- Women want to strip and dance naked for men. Yes. How convenient. (laughs) All men want to be warriors, and yes, all women just want to be sexual objects, apparently, in the eyes of this movie. (laughs) Right. Disclaimer, those views are not shared by us here at So (laughs) No, they're not. We think all women want to kill and all men want to strip on the cross. I mean, that's been my experience, so that's what I'm saying. That's been the world's experience. (laughs) I don't know. It was... I found all of that quite odd. Um, you know what I found odd? Mm-mm. Is that through pretty much this entire movie, Michael Rooker is sweating like a linebacker in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, but he will not take that leather jacket off. You know what's weird is I did not notice that. I didn't notice <laughs> him being extra sweaty. He's glistening like a yeah. stuck pig the whole movie. But and yeah, yeah, he's he, in this thick ass leather jacket. And he's in he's all like black. A priest. Right. Oh, I loved that. I did like when he went up in the that like asshole cop was like saying those jokes or whatever and he just like turns him and is like fuck off or yeah. whatever and the guy's face go fuck of just like what yeah. you're a priest that made me giggle i did like that part i basically i liked a lot of stuff that had to do with the real people most anything that had to do with the like scary element or the demon, I was like, this is cheesy as hell and not well done. So speaking of this demon, this shadow builder, and this may, if it if it is, feel free to stop me. It may be something that you get into in your rabbit hole later. Mm-hmm. But Bram Stoker died in 1912. Right. So this is clearly not based on 
like a story, you know, whatever story he wrote didn't take place in 1998 right. with police and all that shit. Right. So, like, what what is the story of the Shadow Builder? Or is that in the trivia? We can wait. I mean, some of it's in the trivia. Like, I didn't, I would just want, was wondering why you would ask me this question. Because if I did know the answer, it would probably be in the trivia. And then <laughs> otherwise, I just wouldn't know the answer. Because that's the kind of thing I would look up when I'm in my rabbit hole after I watch the movie. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, I wanted to. But there actually isn't you. much when I was looking up about Bram Stoker and like him writing this. Most stuff that comes up is about the movie because it's not one of his more well-known works. Yeah, I know it's, it's like a short story. Very, very seldom was mentioned in biography stuff I was reading about him. You know, I mean, as much as I can scan and read it in a day, because I just watched it last night. But th- I can, I can tell you some... I mean, I just don't want to dive. The, the little I know, I'll cover in the rabbit hole. Okay. That's all. I just wanted to know that it was coming and feel yeah. safe and secure knowing that that question would be answered. Somewhat. Slightly. Well, now I'm back little to bits. nervous and apprehensive. That's a lot. <laughs> well, just because, like I said, like I couldn't find much about it. And some of it I had to kind of take. But I mean, I know that that he did not invent this idea of a demon coming he did not invent the idea of a demon coming on during a solar eclipse he did not invent the idea of the apocalypse occurring because right. of a solar eclipse and he did not invent the idea of demons that are afraid of light or demons that like suck the soul control or shadows or, or whatever yeah. okay all right well there we go if you if if listeners are and can't tell already we are not highly religious people <laughs> <laughs> So what? all of that information is stuff that was laid out like in certain parts of the Bible. And that's how Bram Stoker knew about it because he grew up in a very religious family. Is Dracula? But it sounds no, Dracula is not in the Bible. But it sounds very new and weird to us because I don't know, we didn't I definitely didn't grow up in a church that talked about the apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> Or demons, even really, like the little bit I went to church. So, yeah, the church I went to was more of the we do one hour a week and go home kind of variety. Right. I mean, I literally went to a church one time for uh, growing up. I went to a lot of different churches. My mom liked to shop around for religions. If she's listening, I'm sorry. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Um, (laughs) Just we got a interesting sampling but we literally went to one that sat around singing kumbaya for a while so <laughs> yeah you didn't stay to that one <laughs> like, no <laughs> quit drink digging you hit oil <laughs> anyway i'll say like one of my biggest things with the movie that that annoyed me is that i felt like i felt like there was so much that needed to be explained that either wasn't explained or was explained but at a very slow pace okay and so the movie seemed to move both quickly and very slowly yeah it it went in spurts it would have yeah. like bits of it that were very fast paced and then they would stop and try to explain what the hell was going on and then they right. would advance a little bit more and then backtrack oh Oh, sorry. I don't know why that made me think of the Hellhounds, but I was going to say, as far as visual effects, I thought that was the coolest effect when the dog, like the Doberman, was sitting in the corner and it just looked like the shadows on the side, and then it gets up and goes, but the shadows stay, and then you see them become real dogs. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. What was not cool is that depending on the shot that you were looking at, sometimes those Hellhounds looked like Rottweilers, sometimes they looked like Black Labs. Or, yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, these are very different dogs. Yeah, they, they definitely Pick switched one. the dogs around <laughs> like, But I was very excited by the Hellhounds. I don't know why. I just, they came out. I was like, fuck yeah, demon dogs. Why not? <laughs> this this demon himself is not very scary, but a hell possessed dog is way scarier. I mean, yeah. And then that that poor one got smashed in between those two cars. That was upsetting. It looked like they did that to a real dog. I can't imagine they did. No, in ninety eight they would no, not have been no, able to do. In like seventy eight they probably could. Good have on the effects, it. people, because it definitely looked like they just smushed this did dog. It? Yes, did it? Because to me, it definitely looked like they smushed a puppet. Ooh, it looked like a words. stuffed animal no. I used to have. It, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. A stuffed animal my best friend used to have because she really liked Rottweilers. Well, that's not what it was. <laughs> it was a pinnacle of cinematic achievement. 
that and when that guy got folded in half by the light post that was good that was well done i will say i think that was well done there weren't a ton of effects in this movie that i really liked or appreciated but that one was well done i thought yeah and i liked the yeah the shadows morphing into the dogs yeah yeah, the effects were definitely very hit or miss. Like the there were a lot Mostly of times miss. where the dogs kind of looked like they were just like they had been tarred but not feathered. Mm-hmm. Like they were just covered in like a black goop. Yeah. Um and less shadowy and more, yeah, goopy. And I don't know, some of them were not very good, but some of them were. So That's what I want in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of this show, that's really good. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Like I said, any of the parts that I really did like mostly, it was with, like, the people. Like, a few of the characters that I liked, a few of the actors and their relationships, and they could have some interesting dialogue sometimes. But basically, anytime the demon was around, I just couldn't take it seriously. He was the least scary villain I think I've ever seen. Yeah, he had a scary plan, but he himself was not And it made scary. me not take his plan seriously, because I'm just like, oh, come on. In a little bit, like, the pink Power Ranger's gonna jump out, and she's gonna kick your ass. Like, Yeah, he had, like, a goofy little kabuki mask that kind of made him look a little bit metallic. like a monkey. But it looked metallic. But yeah, it was, it like, black like plastic. He was, like, a robot man, but less scary than a robot man, because a robot coming to life and trying to kill people is terrifying, but first of all. a shadow robot isn't scary. <laughs> first of all, it's a shadow. You turn on the lights, and it's not there. Which I get that they run into issues with that. You know, but then that voice, the voice they gave him, it was just like, it just, it was goofy. I could not take him seriously. <laughs> it was super I was goofy. like, oh, honey. Yeah, no. no. I think if, a, if you're going to do a demon voice, there'd be some like gravel to it and uh, kind of. Right. But, <laughs> he was like, man, Father Vassy. Right. Like, <laughs> I came all the way from hell here to just take You were talking boy. about financial compensation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I guess, you know, part of it is that. He is, you know, absorbing the people that he sucks their life beings or whatever out of. But still, yeah, no, he had a super unintimidating voice. Yeah, I don't think that had to do with the fact that he was sucking the life out. Because it's not like his voice changed. You could hear there were like overlapping voices sometimes when he talked. Like after he sucked up the old Sometimes, yeah. But he had one main voice. And that was not scary. It was scarier if he used all the voices. He sounded a little bit like the narrator for a lot of like 80s horror movie trailers of like something lurks in the dark and blah 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 i could see that i could see that but with a higher again that guy's voice would have been scarier (laughs) like i'm just telling you everything about him as a villain was not scary to me in fact i mean i spent most of the time laughing when he was on the screen because i was just like dude i can't take you seriously you say that until he comes for you because you are also a pure and perfect saint person. Aww, I don't get exactly you. what the criteria was for I don't either. To, to have been, or how many of these people there are for him to go That's chase. what I was wondering. I was like, the, why is this Michael boy Rooker the only one? one? That, you know, every so often somebody's born. Right. So it so made it sound fairly common. But yeah, like there's a lot of saints. And so is this the first time that a demon has tried to do this with a child that's going to become a saint? I don't know. Why now? Or the, is this the first time that one has been a kid while there's an eclipse or something? I don't know. The eclipse had something to do with it because yeah. it was all shadowy. Well, and I'll talk about that. Oh, boy. Is that in the rabbit hole, too? Or is that just... In the rabbit hole. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering if it had something to do with the boy. Like, it didn't seem like they were like a super religious family or anything. I think she even said, like, we're not very religious. Right. And maybe that's a difference because when I was reading today in my day-long rabbit hole about demonic possession and how to, how to protect yourself against demonic possession and things, one priest who does exorcists <laughs> or exorcisms was saying that a lot of times just being a devout per- like going to church when you're supposed to praying repenting carrying around a cross and stuff like that that like saint most saints would do because to be declared a saint you have to be catholic i'm pretty sure yes since I think. catholics the catholics are very exclusive so i would believe that they would not saint you unless you were catholic i'll, I'll ask the pope the next time <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, yo, so maybe that left him more vulnerable because he wasn't very religious or his family wasn't very religious. I don't know. Because I wonder the same <laughs> is thing. Is that the message behind this? Is that maybe. you need to go Be to church more religious. or a demon's going to take you for real? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the message is because it was so cloudy and murky. Yeah. Because it was like, there was just so much. I feel like it came with so much theology that you were supposed to already know and understand yeah. well, and to I be able to, to understand some of it. more of Michael Rooker's backstory. And because he tells that one story about killing the warlord or yeah like the yeah the missionaries or whatever he was with getting killed and then he goes crazy and kills all of them but i want to know how he got recruited into like demon hunting after that he kind of glosses over that he kind of basically just says and this is where i kind of connected the of that you know he was like that's when i was recruited to the priesthood and they were like oh that you know basically like that seems really weird and he's like um the church needs its warriors too so i think they automatically made him that kind of thing because they yeah. were like okay you're willing to go kill bad guys we're gonna have you kill bad guys yeah. for the church now i want to see the prequel movie of him learning to become honestly Demon when Hunter this movie Priest. first started i was like surely this is a sequel because it seems like it's starting with all this prior knowledge that i'm supposed to yeah, know like that i don't have because yeah I will say they start, you know, right off the bat. He just like kicks open the door and it has his laser beam guns mm-hmm. and is shooting everybody, Which blasting these priests. I like, I like when movies start off like that. If it's something that's like easy to understand, of like the of who all these I people just, are and why it's happening. Yeah, I guess I'm so I'm always so like story driven that if I can't understand bits of the story of like what's happening and connect some of the dots, then I'm just sitting there the whole time distracted of like, well, who were they? Yeah. Why were they doing this? What is the purpose? How do you know these things? Like, No, I definitely had questions. I had questions of why so many people in the family and especially the, the sheriff, um, you know, boyfriend of the aunt, treats Michael Rooker like shit a lot through the whole mm-hmm. movie. Like, he's a dick to him a lot. And it's like, he came here trying to help you and your family and clearly what he's talking about is happening because you've seen it with your own eyes. Maybe work together a little bit more and stop being such a prick to him. Well, and I get it in a sense like for part of it of just being like, what you're saying isn't believable. And then I get it after he was like, I'm going to kill the boy because then that'll put the end to all of this. And then, you know, if the boy's dead, the demon won't come after him, you know, can't get him and the apocalypse can't happen. It'll be better for all of humanity. I get that. But yeah, you're right. Before that, like, I don't get why they were, they just disliked him. Maybe he put off some bad vibes he does i don't know he does seem like he's up to no good like he's played more bad guys than good guys for a Mm -hmm. reason he's got a bad guy face and demeanor about him right i don't know that even after he'd been helping for a long time i guess he did threaten to shoot the kid well that's what i was saying is yeah like definitely after that i noticed a bigger change where they were like okay we really don't trust you or care (laughs) about you now you're You're on your own but yeah like he said he was like the way you know if these kids are special is like if when you you know hold them when he's first born do you, you feel, feel like this light and i'm like but how many people would feel that to know that is gonna think that right. their kid, yeah is the saint whatever now well and he's like if they bring out different things in everybody and for some people it was good stuff like courage and stuff and some people it wasn't good stuff so i'm like okay well then who are those how do you people? know that's the light? Like, you know, how do you know that's a good thing? Like, it was odd. And yeah, and I also kept wondering of how it was adapted from what Bram Stoker's story originally was. Yeah. Um, I almost read it today because it's 36 pages, yeah, but I, I was like... A, like a PDF of it. And yeah. It's, and it's also old-timey in that but yeah, it's going to me to get take through, me so forever to read it. Yeah. Like, could not find Cliff's notes on it anywhere. <laughs> I know. I look, too. Because I was like, I just want a quick summary. Like, I get that it's 36 pages, but I don't want to read the whole thing so, right now. Teachers out there, if you're listening, assign that for your students to read because right. there is nothing written about it anywhere for them to, like, copy the opinions of. <laughs> right. They will have to form their own opinion and read it themselves. And you'll know if they just tried to watch the movie instead, <laughs> yeah. because it will be so it was wrong. About a priest with guns and a little boy with Sean Hunter's haircut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, anything else you want to say about the movie itself? Um. Yeah. There. I mean. Oh, oh, okay. okay. So I will say I didn't like everything. So I've got a couple things in here that I did not okay. like. Okay. The top of the list is the, sh- the the police officer guy. I just didn't like him at all. Hmm. Um. I thought it was weird when Nestor, the other cop guy that was super creepy, the super and was creepy one, on the yeah, girls. That was so gross. <laughs> yeah. When he gets he gets killed by the hellhounds, right? Mm-hmm. Like he stays behind so the boy can escape and somebody calls the sheriff to tell him that Nestor was killed and he's on the phone he's like Nestor was killed how oh okay <laughs> like whoever was on the phone just told him these demon dogs that you didn't know existed came and like ripped him to smithereens and he's just like oh right I mean I Boy would Nestor. guess that they would say he was attacked by dogs at the veterinarian's office and but that they were be- but who would have been in that room to know to they, the, were the they were dogs. demon dogs? Yeah, I can't remember who. I think it was just the. I mean, cause, well, I was just going to say it was just the boy and the. It was the aunt that called him because the boy told the aunt what happened and she called the sheriff. Oh, that's right. She him. goes, I, I don't have a lot of explanation for yeah. it right now. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't know. So I thought that was troubling. Um, the other thing, I wished that there was more of the little kid's friends mm-hmm. like the, the little boy and girl that were with him as but like i thought they were going to have kind of a stranger things stra- Goonies type dynamic. adventure like that they would come in handy but they just disappear at one cool. point and never come back yeah i thought it was odd that the dispatch lady when she's at home alone lets the demon fuck her from behind <laughs> Because she yeah. thought that he was the cop that had gotten obviously murdered already. it wasn't him. You saw his weird, dead, burnt body already. Right. And she's like, Larry, is that you? That was a I very odd scene. That scene was upsetting and troubling and did not need to be in the movie No, at all. I disliked that so much. I also did not like that the demon kind of seemed like he wanted to fuck that little boy a little bit. Like the way he talked to him, like he'd say like, I know that I'm the one you want to be with and stuff like that. Like he said weird, questionable things to this little boy a couple of times. Everything he said was weird and questionable. So I don't doubt that. And at the very end, when he actually gets his hands on the boy and like takes him because the boy's like, no, take me instead. It's, It's the middle of the night when that happens. And then they go up to the roof and discover the boy's missing and it's broad daylight. I thought that was strange. I don't know how much time was supposed to have passed, but they apparently didn't check on him for six hours. Okay, that, I I was trying to figure out, I was like, wait, was that the eclipse? But no, because the eclipse was happening when he was trying to, I don't know. Maybe it was the eclipse, and that's why it was light when they went back. But out. I feel I like know. the eclipse was supposed to be happening when he sacrificed him or whatever. Yeah, I think that was at the very end. So, I don't know. So, yeah, there were a couple weird things like that that didn't really track, but a overall, couple. like, it... It reminded me of, like, From Dust Till Dawn and those kind of movies that, you know, mid-90s action horror-y kind of movies, and it pressed all the right buttons for me. That's funny. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well. I will not let you take this from me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, for best and worst... If you aren't familiar, we switch each week who gets to read the good reviews and who gets to read the bad reviews. This week, I'm reading the good reviews, although it seems like Matt probably should be reading the good reviews for this one. Um. (laughs) We we can't buck the system. It's worked so far. So for overall scores from Rotten Tomato, it doesn't have a score from the critics because I guess no, because it wasn't a theatrical release. Okay, And one of them didn't even have like a written review. It just was two out of five stars. (laughs) Um, For audience, it gets a 41%, which is surprising. That's higher than I expected. Um, IMDb is 4.9 out of 10 stars. All right. So from Pat King at DreadCentral.com. Michael Rooker is convincing and a joy to watch. Severe and unsmiling, he's definitely the most engaging actor and low budget or not, he goes all in and acts the hell out of the part. 
The rest of the performers have various degrees of talent. Young Kevin Zegers, Zegers, I don't remember how to say the name, tries his best as the would-be demonic sacrifice, but his heart didn't seem to be in it. Tony Todd of Candyman fame is goddamn awesome as a one-eyed, dreadlock, semi-homeless guy who has an unhealthy obsession with light and light bulbs. He seems to relish playing this quite over-the-top character and approaches the weirdo role with enthusiasm. I agree, he was great. He was great. And as a quick aside, the inside of his house was very clean. He was like <laughs> this weird drifter homeless guy that had all this garbage outside, but then they're holed up in his house at the end, like the climax of it is inside his house, and it's just normal and clean. I thought it was funny. When are they inside his house for it? They go to his house because he's got all the lights, and then while he's no, there- they brought all the lights to Jenny's house. Oh well, then never mind. Because I was like, that was definitely because remember they well, when they go up on the removed. roof. <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. You remove things that make you yeah. sound not as good. If I but look if- up and sound <laughs> stupid. It's gone. Oh, okay. But along with Michael Rooker, he's one of the few engaging actors in this flick. The rest of the performances are mostly serviceable. They get the job done, though it's nothing very memorable. I haven't read the short story that the film is based on, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Shadow Builder is quite a bit removed from the source material. This was obviously a decision made by money people since 1998 was only five years removed from Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula film, which also used Bram Stoker's name in the title. There's instant name recognition there, and to a certain extent, a built-in audience. Hey, whatever works. I certainly wouldn't begrudge a low-budget indie flick making a couple of bucks with this kind of marketing gimmick. Shadow Builder is quite a solid apocalyptic horror flick. It's a lot of fun, though I'm not sure if it's compelling enough to put it in my rewatch pile. At least not for a while. It was a fun and done kind of thing. As a bit of an aside, Shadow Builder features the best nude graveyard dancing scene since Return of the Living Dead, so keep an eye out for that. (laughs) I can't argue. He's got a good point. And I will say that to find the negative reviews, I had to go into like IMDb user reviews and Amazon users because not a lot of professional people that I could find had much bad to say about this. They were all like, it's pretty good. Wasn't it because not a lot of professional people reviewed it? Well, that was on Rock <laughs> I'm just talking about like any write-ups that I could find on people's blogs and stuff. Most people actually thought it was pretty decent. So, take that. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, these people, however, agreed with Sadie <laughs> and thought it was not very good. IMDb user Zephra says... I just have to say that this movie sucks. The storyline is stupid. The effects are bad. Bad. The, quote, scary shadow looks like spray paint that you can use on the simple computer drawing program Microsoft Paint. (laughs) Wow. I don't particularly like scary movies. That's true. I was kind of nervous about seeing this, but it wasn't creepy at all. I simply didn't believe in it for one second. Yes, the story is meant to be surreal, but it needs to be... to have a certain credibility anyway. The only creepy part was actually the, quote, hero or whatever, Vassy, not the shadow builder or crazy man or anything. Fair. Two stars. Fair. <laughs> Out of ten. IMDb user Stephen Allen Taig had this to say. He titled his review, An Error of Astronomical Proportions. A key event in this movie is a total solar eclipse. Much of the action takes place the day and night before this eclipse. During the night, a nice spooky view of the full moon through the haze is shown. Also, moonlight seems to be implied. A total solar eclipse happens sometime at new moons. Between the eclipse and a full moon is about 14 days, not overnight. The full moon shot fit the mood of the story. The conflict with the next day eclipse can be overlooked by many who don't think too hard about the science. Other than this, I found it was an okay suspense story. (laughs) He took major issue Mm -hmm. with the placement of that eclipse. And finally, user Gazenzio1 says, A preposterous terror movie based on a Bran Stoker Dracula short story. A demon tries to conquer the world through a good boy, but a Rambo priest and a sheriff get in his way. Incredibly dull and silly, even the violence here is just nonsense, and the devil sometimes resembles old Gene Kiss Simmons or Bozo yes. the Clown. Escape from this one, I give this a two. That's he whose hair I was trying like to Gene think of. Simmons. I kept trying to, I was like, that hair reminded me of somebody, and that's exactly. Like Gene Simmons did really was. bad blackface, and <laughs> was like, I'm a demon is there, now. Is there anything such as good blackface? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk <laughs> Pretty after sure the show. it's all bad. <laughs> 
I just wanted to add really fast that a Kelsey Grammer sounding villain can be creepy because I have been creeped out by a couple of uh, Treehouse of Horrors episodes with Sideshow Bob. So he plays the villain on the show called Frasier. Have you ever seen that? Total creep and like praise on the women of Seattle. He does, though. He really does. Okay. Anyway, know what time it is? Time for Sadie's Rabbit Hole. Woohoo! And I have a weird kind of mixture. We didn't forget it this week. <laughs> um, that's because I jumped in with it and didn't let you do the segue. I, I also remembered it. <laughs> I, I deserve full credit. Do you full credit? Full. Anyway, absolute credit. I have a weird hodgepodge of trivia information for you guys because there wasn't well first of all i went on a day long like a rabbit hole thing of looking at all types of stuff i I looked at cults and cults that are fascinated with the solar eclipses religious things about solar eclipses myths about them demonology facts about demons and all this weird stuff anyway it it was an informative day i'll say but i'm just gonna give you some of that (laughs) So first, talking about Shadow Builder, the, it was a short story. It was written in 1881, um, which, interesting enough, I'm guessing it's because there was a there was a solar eclipse that happened that I believe Bram Stoker, where he was living at the time, would have been in the path of in 1878. Okay. So I'm guessing he that inspired that, his. Yeah, I mean, assuming that Shadow Builder does have something to do with the eclipse and that but it would make sense because yeah 78 and then yeah 81 interesting that uh to me that dracula was written in 1897 so there are multiple types of demons just so you know the type of demon in this one that would be a shadow builder or like of the realm of shadows is a and they use the word once in here a heliophobic demon it's just one of the various many types. Um, as a heliophobic demon, meaning he they are afraid of he light. Says, you fool! I told you they were heliophobic. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Which I did not know is a type of demon, but it also it just means afraid of light. And so the some people believe that they could be a precursor to like vampire lore and stuff like that. Although Makes there sense. has been a lot of vampire lore around for a long time, but a lot of people believe that vampires are demons of sorts and so racist anyway and then the way that in this movie they seem to turn to ash when the light would hit them i just thought was very interesting i was like oh okay i wonder if like writing about them and having thought about them for a long time is like kind of helped him evolve the idea of dracula and stuff like that since he wrote it so much before. But it's, um, yeah, it's a biblical version of a vampire that he took from. And because because some demons are heliophobic, there has long been an idea that at the at an eclipse that these demons that right, because they there's intense darkness when there's not supposed to be darkness. And so that they would come out to play. There's also, I guess, stuff in the Bible about the apocalypse um, being um, heralded in or a major sign of it being a solar eclipse. The sun gets blocked out or something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Something along those lines. (laughs) Welcome back to religious scholars with Sadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we know so much about it. Oh, wait, side note, before I go more into eclipses and creepy stories about weird things that have happened during them. Okay. I meant to say, so you know the old couple in there, the old man who kills his old wife with the (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Okay, so the Old man was the voice of Hermie in the old, like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and the woman, yeah, was, um, was Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, that was funny. So one of the reviews that I had read had mentioned that. The yeah, people were in I was like, oh, that's cool. It was weird. Very random little pairing of people to right. put in the movie. But it was okay. very weird, and I can't remember. She had done the woman had done voices for a lot of different. Oh, I remember it was she was um also Tender Heart Care Bear. In, like, a couple Care Bear movies and Lead stuff. She has tender heart. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so now, from a couple sources, but I started with space.com, the power of eclipses. So, especially up until the age of science, before the age of science, solar eclipses couldn't really be 
predicted of when they were going to occur. And, you know, a lot of times, especially solar eclipses, tend to be spaced out like hundreds of years that uh, eclipses were considered just like terrifying ordeals. I mean, imagine the when sun you just know, goes away right, one day. Yeah. You know that the sun is the bringer of life and then all of a sudden in the middle of the day, it just completely goes away. So there's just like and you can see this thing move in, right. block it out. Yeah. Pretty much every culture had some kind of weird origin story for um, what, the hell what that on? meant. And most of it was some kind of like in China, they believed it was like a dragon, I think, that was eating the sun. There was one where it was like they thought that demons disguised themselves as jaguars to eat the sun and then that's clearly true yeah and then there was one with like a demon who a hindu where a demon had like ingested this elixir of immortality but then had its head cut off and so the elixir had only gotten to his head it hadn't gotten to the rest and so his head was then like flung across and And his head was like the moon is that it would go to eat (laughs) the sun but because he had no throat it would quickly it just, just pass through. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that, <laughs> that was one. funny. But even, even now, even after the age of science and everything, there were still people who like just superstitions and weird stuff that goes on around eclipses and weird beliefs around eclipses. And a lot of the cultures, they had rituals and some even still practice the rituals now of like shouting really loud. Like in China, they would, I think, like shout and beat drums to try to scare the dragon away who had eaten the sun. And um, there was a lot with like, yeah, beating drums, shooting arrows at it to try to kill the demons that were trying to eat the sun and stuff like that to try to, yeah, kill all that stuff. In 840 AD, a Roman emperor was so disturbed by witnessing a solar eclipse that he just stopped eating. (laughs) That'll make it never happen again. Right. He just, I think he just probably couldn't stop thinking about it. Oh, okay. I think it's just that, no. To try to prevent it. No, I think it was like on his mind so much that he was so terrified of like, what if that happens again? And it lasts forever this time. Like, is the world going to end? I don't know what's going on. And so he was so all consumed with it that he just stopped eating until he died from starvation. Yikes. And then the the, like country erupted into a civil war because the emperor did had died. And so there was a civil war over who was going to take his place. But on the other- emperor was this? I don't know. It just said an emperor from Rome. Okay. On the other end of the spectrum, though, there was a story of people who were fighting, and I can't remember where they were, but they were, um, they were fighting. They were in the middle of this long war when a solar eclipse happened and sudden, and everyone just stopped. And then they, both sides decided they were going to negotiate and concede because they were like, the gods really don't like our fighting. They are really pissed with <laughs> us right now. Somebody off. Right. And they we did it bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it we scared them. Back. Okay. And so. You know, I mentioned in 1878 that there was uh, an eclipse that I think it went across like the U.S. and Europe or something. I don't know. Anyway, a man named Ephraim Miller believed that the eclipse marked the... um, So this was even after the age of science and reason. And even though this one had been predicted, I guess he lived on a farm or whatever and hadn't read that news. So it came as a surprise to him. Right. So he when the eclipse happened he believed that it marked the coming of the apocalypse and was so terrified of what the apocalypse was going to be like and what living through the apocalypse was going to be like that he used an axe to this reminded me of the movie killed his own son and then killed himself so that they wouldn't have to live through it yikes yeah and the next one's creepy too um sorry i have a couple creepy stories about it i should have warned you So a most recent story, the, you know, the eclipse in 2017, uh, that for some of the region in the U.S. was a total eclipse, right? A member of um, an apocalypse cult in Colorado was sentenced to two life sentences for the deaths of her two daughters, that it was this cult that had formed in Colorado. They went and they were living on this farm for... I think up to like a year before the eclipse to like prepare for it and stuff. (laughs) And because they believed that when the eclipse would come, it was kind of like Heaven's Gate in the way of believing that the... Something was going to take them to heaven or whatever. Right. They believed that when the eclipse happened, they would be transformed into spiritual 
um, beings, but they didn't, they didn't like try to kill themselves or anything. They just thought it was going to happen. Then <laughs> they were just going to be killed. And so um, they were living in this cult. And then this woman, like her two daughters, one was 10 and one was eight. It's pretty sad. Aww. Sorry. They were the leader of the cult decided that they were unclean for some reason and banished them from the cult. And so they went out and had to like live in the car that was outside of the woods of where the farm was that this cult was and died from suffering like dehydration, starvation and heat issues from being locked in a car. But the mother um, was charged and got two counts of life for it or um, sentenced to two counts of life. And, um, the guy who owned the farm pled guilty to being an accessory to the crime since he owned the property where yeah. the cult was allowed can't, can't to really be. Get out of that one. And then I didn't see what happened with the leader of the cult, but yeah. So I, I would hope that something bad happened to him too. If he I, banished she, them and sent she, them out there. Oh, okay. Women can lead cults too. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag feminism. No, um, I I read about her going to court and everything i just can't remember what it said because i got confused and i thought her name was the name of the cult so i kept reading i was like okay so the whole cult went to court what and then later realized oh no wait that was the woman but by then i had moved on to some other section of the rabbit hole and was deeper and deeper and couldn't find my way back i couldn't i couldn't i got lost (laughs) anyway so that does it for sadie's rabbit hole today So, are you prepared to give this movie a rating? Something tells me we might not agree. I know for the first time in so horrified history, we may not agree, and I'm excited for it. Um, I am. I'd like to hear yours. Well, are we going to do units first? Oh yeah, the units, of course. Tony Todd's. I don't know. (laughs) I like. Well, except. That would be good. Yeah, you, you want, want more you Tony Todd. I want five Tony Todd. We need something mind. you don't want more of because for any listeners who are new, you want a low score on our our rating out of Smooth between one to five. Demons. Demon Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what Kiss looks like without the makeup. Like they just put white makeup right, on because their to faces cover. are actually yeah. jet black underneath. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that somewhere before murderous grandpas in uh windbreakers <laughs> he was maybe the second best part of the movie the, the murderous grandpa <laughs> that like not only killed his wife but then was told to chop down a pole by fantasizing about doing it all over again yes yes it was it's disturbing <laughs> I don't like how much pleasure you take in that. (laughs) That guy really spoke to me for some reason. I don't know what it was about him, but... I feel like this is like the third episode where you've talked about me dying. (laughs) I feel some of our listeners are going to be very worried about me. (laughs) Um, But no, let's decide. Hellhounds? Okay, we could do that. (laughs) Hellhounds? Okay. Form changing hellhounds because <laughs> yeah. they're not just regular hellhounds. They are retriever slash Labrador hellhounds. Sl- sloppy, tar covered, amorphous dog hellhounds. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, now that we've gotten through that, um, I gave it 3.5. Okay. Mainly. 3.5 what? Of the amorphous <laughs> hellhounds. Yes. <laughs> because it had a few lines that I really liked. It made me laugh in a few parts and it had overall a good story i just feel like it was overcomplicated. that in some areas it was so heavy that i was losing my mind and then in other parts it would move fairly quickly and then of course the biggest sin is that their main bad guy this terrifying demon who was going to bring on the end of the world was the least terrifying. And you know, I've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I watched a lot of Supernatural, so I've seen a lot of demons. These were the <laughs> least terrifying. Budgets. Yeah, this was the least terrifying demon. Well, uh unfortunately you're wrong. I gave, <laughs> this, I gave this a straight up one. <laughs> Go out, watch it if you haven't. Watch it. I liked it. I can't explain fully or articulate why I thought it was good, but I did, and I liked it, and I wanted more of it when it was over. Oh, my God. 
I wanted less of it. <laughs> forty minutes happening. in, yeah, forty minutes in, I paused it and was like, "Oh my god, there's still so much." Well, I'm gonna try to find more movies like this for us to oh, watch. Oh no, no. But hey, so for a. So horrified history being made. First time we've disagreed on the rating. I know. I know. First time you've been so wrong. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> okay. So um, did you have an alternate title? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> My alternate title was Yandu Fights His Demons. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> it's a Guardians of the Galaxy prequel. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yandu Fights His Demons. Okay. Um, I have to find where mine is. Hang on. Oh, yeah. It was Adventures of Priest Man. <laughs> like a superhero Like movie? a superhero, but like an anti-superhero called Priest Man. Adventures of Priest Man. And I, I had made up- Adventures in Babysitting 2. <laughs> Demons no, took over. I had made up a theme song for him, but now I can't remember it. I can't remember which tune I went by. Mm, I'm going to need you to figure it out. And I know. It. it was funny. I made it up while I was watching the movie. It's like da na 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 priest man. <laughs> no, there was one that went to the theme of like to the song of the Spider Man theme song, but it wasn't Priest Man. It had it had to be something else. I was holy calling man. him. Yeah, that the works. Right amount of syllables, holy at least. man, holy man, doing what a holy man can't, because <laughs> holy men aren't supposed to do what he does. Holy man, <laughs> like shoot holy man, and swear. Uh huh. And grow goatees. I don't know. if goatees are forbidden for holy men but uh, absolutely god said no goatees <laughs> it was beard, in the ten commandments right <laughs> <laughs> but no it was different but now i'm trying to remember what it was but it had a whole thing about him having guns and well do you have anything more to say about i have Brom, nothing more Bram stoker's to say. i would be okay with not only never seeing it again but never talking about it again <laughs> well, to be honest both of those things are happening <laughs> Okay, so go ahead and tell us, what are we watching this week for uh, next week's episode? Uh, we'll be watching American Poltergeist. Ooh. A 2015 movie. The synopsis is, horrific visions torment Taryn when she, her brother, and college pals move into an infamous old house. Then her bloody hallucinations become all too real. Yes. This one is on Amazon Prime, correct? Yes. Yes. It used to be on Netflix. It is not anymore. All right. So go seek it out. Uh, let's take a listen to a clip from American Poltergeist. Taryn, talk to me. You know everything, don't you? What are you talking about? Your husband, John Eastbrook, was my father, John Borden. Borden? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. John didn't have any children. He couldn't. You were his only child. That makes you my stepdaughter. Is that why you emailed me about the house? I wanted to meet you. I found photos, newspaper clippings, and my real birth certificate in a storage box in the basement. What are you trying to say? I was abandoned in this very same house on August 4th, 1992 the 100th anniversary of some murders that happened in this family. Yes, I know. My mother stood on that rocking chair and hanged herself with those curtains in your bedroom while I sat there watching. My grandparents were murdered and killed in the same basement that you don't have a key to. So there you go. Uh, go check it out on Amazon Prime and join us here next week to hear everything we have to say about it. Yep, yep. In the meantime, as always, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. It's so horrified. Yes. Leave us, us comments. Let us know what movies you want us to see. Right. Um, let us know what you think of the movies we've already done. Yeah. Stay and clean. Wear a mask and wash your hands because yes, shit stay is still safe. crazy out there. Yep. And have a great week. Mm-hmm.